So, great big good morning. Wonderful to have you folks joining us, whether you're joining us in our studio audience or you're joining us online today. It's wonderful to have you here. And, and we're going to be looking at this really fascinating topic. And, and I'm excited about sharing some ideas with you today around newness and how God kind of wants newness in life. Being at my point in time in life is something I think a lot about, watching all these transitions, these beautiful transitions of life. And how do we just keep on moving, keep on growing? And the idea, you know, God says, behold, I make everything new. I make all things new. And that's so important. And, and so I believe we are constantly asked to picture a new world. Now, remember, the cynic in you is not your friend when you start to picture a new world. And there's always stuff to be cynical about. But can we shift and start to see a newness in a brand new way? Start to see a newness in a brand new way. So, so what, is, what might be a picture of that newness? And I wanted to start out by reading something from Romans. Romans chapter 12, and this is a book that was, was written, it was a letter, excuse me, a letter that was written about 80 years after Jesus had died. But they had started to form communities. And with these communities, they were, they were trying to take Jesus' message and live this message. And so what did that lived message look like? Well, this is what it looked like. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beautiful, beautiful lines there. And it's, it's interesting looking at this and thinking about, yeah, where's, where's that, 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 that push towards newness? Where do we sort of locate that in our hearts and our bodies? And, and how do we live that out? And one of the important things to remember is that, you know, age is not necessarily part of it. It's easy to think, you know, the older I get, the more stuck I get in my ways. Well, that's partially true. But in a way, being older, there's a certain blessing that can happen with being older when we realize we don't know it all. I know I'm, I'm privileged to, to preach at a local college. One of the things I was telling these kids who are 20 years old, I said, well, you know, at 20 years old, you actually know more than I do because when I was 20, I knew more than any 57-year-old. I think we all know that to be true. And I love this, this little graphic about how all this works. Is it too late to start? Our perception is we have birth and death too late now. The reality is, is we have birth and death. We're, we're all good until death. And then it's too late to try stuff out in this life. And that idea, that idea, friends, of trying is so important. One of my favorite quotes out of the, out of the Judaistic theology, out of Judaism, out of out of, out of the beautiful rabbinical tradition is this. Though we may never succeed, though we may never accomplish anything, 
that does not mean it is not our job to try. Think about that for a second. Because a lot of the time, we think, well, if I'm not going to be successful, why try? That's not the point. The point is the try. The point is the effort. The point is the endeavor. And how is it that we try? Well, today we're going to be talking about three things as we close this series on new. We're going to be talking about how do we develop a mantra. In other words, something we can navigate by. A community of people who can help us. So a mantra, a community. And then most importantly, a practice. A practice which is going to support both that mantra and that community. So folks, it is wonderful to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining our community here, whether that's online or in person. It's wonderful to have you. I know just a little thing that brought a smile this week. We had a small group. We had somebody the whole way from Hawaii tune in. I haven't had that before. So if you're joining us even from as far away as Hawaii, great to have you here. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to New Church Live. Good morning, everyone. Sun, it comes the sun. I said it's all right. Little darling, it's been a long, lonely winter. Little darling, it feels like here since it's been. Comes the sun, do, 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 do. It comes the sun. I say it's all right. Little darling, the smiles return into the faces. Little darling, it feels like here since it's been here. The sun, do, 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 do. and here comes the sun. I say it's all right. Sun, 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 here it comes. Sun, 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 here it comes. I feel the ice is slowly melting Little darling, it feels like here since it's been here Here comes the sun, do-do-do-do Here comes the sun, I say it's alright It's alright Sun, 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 here it comes. What a beautiful song on an incredibly rainy day. So folks, let's look at that idea of a, of a mantra, a community, and a practice, and how all those things come together. 
And, and mantras are important. Mantras help us kind of see our way through life. They become sort of theology, pocket-sized theology that we can just carry with us. And there's a bunch of them. God is love. Love is patient. Uh, you know, life is good, whatever it might be for you. And today we're going to look at one. I think it will help us to keep on thinking about life in new ways. What is that mantra? Always with wonder. Always with wonder. And I'm going to ask those of you at home and those of you who are here in our studio audience, let's all just say those three words together. Always with wonder. And, and these, these, I, these words, this mantra, it was interesting. I was reading a beautiful sermon by Reverend Sam Wells. He's a pastor over in England. And, and he said, yeah, you know what? That's, that's kind of theology like in a nutshell. So what does that mean? Well, let's, let's walk through the words here. First, he said there's this word, always. And, and that's real important to understand with God, that God is always with us. Even in new circumstances. And sometimes new can be scary. New can be intimidating. New can be frightening, but that idea God is always with us. There's not an if there. It's always. There's a consistency to God and consistency to God's love that's so important. And that moves us away as we talk about a lot here. The idea that God's love is transactional is not a good idea. <laughs> the idea God's love is transformative, that's critical. That changes lives. And it not only changes our relationship with God when we see love as transformative, not transactional, but it changes our relationship with each other. Love, always transformative. Love, always presence, even when it's asleep sometimes. So that's the always. And then there's the with part. And the with part, that gets to the idea of Emmanuel. And that gets way back to the Christmas story. If you're a fan of the Christmas story, great. <laughs> You know, the idea of Emmanuel means God with us. Not above us, not punishing us, not angry at us. God with us. Behold, I call you friends. I mean, what a line, <laughs> you know, that Jesus gave there, that idea of with. So there's this always, not if, and there's this with, which is no scorekeeping. No, I need you to pay attention to all the things I'm doing for you. None of that for stuff. And then there's this beautiful one of wonder. Of wonder. Think about that word for a minute. You know, wonder sort of has this connotation of pondering. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to ponder it. But, it. but it's not wondering like, uh, you know, pondering something with, with a lot of negative connotation to it as if you're lost in a, in a bad place and you're just wondering, how am I going to get out of this? No, wondering has this sense, you know, sliding a little bit. Here's, it has this little sense of awe to it. That just gives me a sense of wonder. For those of us living in this area, not in areas impacted by the hurricane, did any of you see that sunset a few days ago? <laughs> Beautiful. Right? You know, we walked out from dinner, and it's like, wow, just this sense of wonder and awe. See, see, and just, just think you held curiosity that way. Yeah, of course there's this wondering. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder. But then, but then there's this even broader part where we start to see wonder in a much bigger way. And it has this connotation of awe to it. And I'll be talking about that some more. An example I had from this from this past weekend and how that, how that all works. 
So this always with wonder, what it does is it's really saying this. It's really saying as we're out for this new world, listen to this, folks. Dream with me. That's what I think it's saying. Dream with me. As a community, dream with us. I mean, just think how that phrase, dream with me, could work both from, you know, your real intimate, close relationships out into community. Imagine with a loved one saying, hey, honey, you know, dream with me about dot, dot, dot. Imagine with with your children just asking a a, a teenage daughter, like, honey, yeah, let's, let's talk about the future. Dream with me about how you see your future. That's what we're talking about. That's the newness that I think God wants us to shift into. Because that's, that's a newness, folks, that can keep on working its way through the world. Finding peace and joy through it all. Now, we have some things that get in the way of that. And Walter Brueggemann here has a beautiful quote about what can get in the way. He says, into the midst of that clarity that gives us control. Clarity and control. There is another reality which is true whether we like it or not. And hear these next words in terms of their connotation around, around the whole idea of always with wonder. It is this. There is something hidden, inscrutable, playful, and unresolved about our human lives that warns us not to be too sure. Isn't that interesting? Such a claim is odd and uncomfortable for us because it robs us of deep certainty and ultimate control. How many of us crave deep certainty and ultimate control? We all do. And yet there's this this uncertainty that starts to pull us away from that. That hidden, inscrutable, and playful dimensions of our life is an arena in which the purposes of God may be at work among us in ways that we do not even recognize. What a beautiful quote that is. Because it's, it's hard to imagine, like, if I'm super clear and I'm absolutely certain about something, the odds of me trying, trying to make a new world, trying to create something different, get smaller and smaller and smaller, the more certain, and this is going to sound weird, the more certain and the more clear I get. Simple example, folks, just imagine a relationship you're having that's a bit strained right now. Think about that relationship. Isn't it true that the more certain and clear you get about that person, about all the reasons why they're doing things, which is a huge boundary cross, by the way. We never really know 100% why someone's doing something. The more we get more and more clear in a bad way, and again, there are obvious times where we need to step out of relationship, And there's a lot of them where actually our clarity, quote unquote, and our certainty, quote unquote, about the other person actually may lead us to try less and less to repair the relationship. I think the same is true in the world. Folks, always with wonder is not like some nice little Walt Disney magical kingdom slogan. It's a discipline. It's something I think we all need as a way to pull away from the certainty and clarity that's very judgmental of other people that will actually not serve us well into the world. This is how the theology of the new church holds it. This is the book, Divine Providence, where Emmanuel Swedenborg says, the hardest battle of all is with our love of being in control because of a misguided sense of self-importance. 
That's a line right there. If we overcome this, we have no trouble overcoming our other evil loves because this is the head of them all. Boy, that's a, that's a beautiful line. Like, like that idea, that idea, friends, that it's, that it's so easy to have that misguided sense of self-importance and how that translates here, that translates that I should be in control. That I somehow know it all. I was, I was thinking this morning, and I don't have, I have really bad language for this, and I, I wish I had better language around it. I was thinking how much of the time I can, we can, I think we all do, where we're, we're so certain that our opinion is the absolute right opinion for all people, for everyone. No, our, our opinion is right for us, and maybe right for our community that we're in. But the idea that our opinion is true for all people, I think you can see where that can be a little dangerous. That's what this is talking about. Especially when that, that idea of our opinion is, is, is sort of undergirded by this idea of an inflated ego, an inflated sense of self-importance that's gonna yield only to this idea that we need to be more and more in control of a situation. And that's where, folks, we need a community. So here's this mantra, always with wonder. Here's this mantra that starts to pull us away from clarity and certainty. And we need a community that is reflective of that. It's interesting with Jesus because Jesus in the New Testament, we see constantly these three numbers, the three, the 12, the 120. And, and I don't think these are like hard and fast numbers, but it is fun to think about. It's fun to think in our lives like three, 12, and 120. So, so the three people, like who are your three people? For Jesus, it was, it was three disciples who he was particularly close to, Peter, James, and John. He was particularly close to them. They show up a lot. You know, that's sort of your closest three. And I, I love the idea, you know, I was thinking, yeah, what, who my closest three are? Well, I, I, know, I know some of them. And, and I think, yep, these are the people who would visit me in jail. That would be my three. And then, and then we, have, we have this idea of 12. There, that's where we have this idea of, of a group, Jesus and the 12 disciples, 12 gates. And, and again, with this 12, it's interesting with the 12, we say this a lot in here. It's not that that 12 were a bunch of perfect people. The 12 had a lot of flaws in it, if you know the biblical story. But it still was Jesus' 12. Now, again, if Jesus needed three and he needed 12, we do too. And I think when we look at that, we look at three and 12, and then we add in the always with wonder, I think you can see where that can go in some beautiful ways. And then the 120, that's talking about Pentecost. You know, 120, the, the, origin, the original Christian movement was 100, about 120 people when it really started to gain steam. So you think about that, only 120, that's not that many people. I mean, we'll have several times that watching this service today, which is kind of interesting. But imagine you get a community, three, 12, and 120, and, and you're all sort of imbued with this spirit of let's wonder together. Let's dream together. Let's have our ideas and our concepts, let's share those, but let's also never be too certain in a weird way, never be too clear so that we're open to the way the world is moving. We're open to the way the world is moving. 
Now, can we, can we see this in real life? Well, yesterday was a, was a lot of fun. This was a first for me yesterday. And what happened yesterday is, for the first time, I had three baptisms in one day. Now, I've had two baptisms in a day of twins who happen to be in attendance here today. And, and this, this service yesterday it was a lot of fun. And, and it was three cousins, all these little cousins, the little guys right there, the little guys right there, all three of them were born within, within three weeks of each other. So the family, and it's a family that's families that have been involved here, they said, look, let's just do one big baptism and have a great time. Folks, these are big families, right? So, so, so I'm walking into the baptism, I'm walking into this small chapel. Just imagine a baptism with three large families. Do you think it was quiet? No, it wasn't quiet at all. There was lots of noise. There was lots of laughter. There was fun as people saw each other. And just for a minute, as I'm walking in, I just like, ah, oh, just listening to all that. Just thought, oh, that sound of all those people. Sound of angels. Sound of music. You know that sound? Where it's just people enjoying each other's company. What a blessing that is. The three, the 12, the 20. Will those three boy cousins, will they end up being the three for each other? Who knows? Who knows, who knows, who knows? But probably in that room will be at least one or two people who are part of the three for each of them. Probably within that room are, are going to be elements of their 12, too. And probably within that room are going to be elements of their 120. See, there's so much to wonder about there. There's so much incredible beauty there. And we just need to stand, again, we just need to stand in wonder and awe of that. That that's how it works. And, and we need communities to support that. We need communities that are going to help us grow, help us change, help us evolve, help us to question. And from there, folks, comes the idea of practice. You know, all these things are beautiful, and yet we need to practice. So as I was looking at this sermon, and we were talking about our sermon writing team, because, again, we do, everything, we do everything at New Church Live in circles. We try to, as best we can, practice always with wonder. It was, it was interesting. I just decided, yeah, I want to look at some of the questions. Like, if it's always with wonder, that means Jesus is coaching us to always ask questions. And then that begs the question, well, what were the kind of questions that Jesus asked? And I want to share these with you. But before I share them, I just want to give you a little background. It was interesting looking them up. Like, Jesus asked, like, 130-some-odd questions. It's interesting when you look at these questions, because these questions are often, well, really, 99% of the time, were not questions that I would imagine God ever asking. They're beautiful questions. They're questions that are clearly pulling us towards a certain practice. Away from our idea of certainty and clarity, really looking at kind of, yeah, this is, these questions are going to make you wonder a little bit, like with a sense of awe. And they're not the questions. Like, I, I mean, it's silly. It's silly to say. I was thinking, yeah, if, if I was writing the questions God should ask, or I would imagine God asked, I mean, it would start out like, have you been a good person today? How many times does Jesus ask that? Take a wild guess. Zero. Zero. 
Isn't that fascinating? He doesn't, he doesn't ask that one time. He doesn't, he also, he doesn't ask any shaming questions. Like for those of us who are parents, I'm sure we have a moment just of a, oh man, I can't believe I said that as a parent. You know, where our kid makes a mistake and, and they break something or whatever, and we're like, well, why did you do that? You know, how many of you have had that come out of your mouth? <laughs> Jesus never asked that. Isn't that interesting? What he does is, is, is he asks us questions to remind us about what the most important parts of life are. What really matters. What's really true. And what really lasts. So with these questions, all I did was I just pulled, just for, the, for, for fun, I just pulled the first seven questions that he asked in one of the four Gospels. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I just pulled from one the first five questions that he asked. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through these questions really quickly. I just want you to hear them and to just hear the practice that's underneath. And so Stacy. Is read, will read us the first one. She does a little cameo here. She reads us the first one. She talks about what it made her think of. And then we'll hear a second one from Beth. And then I will do the last three. So take, take a listen here, folks, to the first question. Good morning, everybody. The question that Chuck posed to me is, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? So I gave that some thought and I started to think about the people I love and what I came up with is what I get is a shared experience. And what I mean by that is when I really love somebody, when something really great happens to them, it actually feels like it's happening to me. Now on the flip side of that, when something really terrible happens to them, that also feels like it's happening to me. So for me, that's what it is. It's a shared experience. That's a beautiful one. Let's go ahead and listen to number, number two there. If you greet, only your brothers or sisters, what are you doing more than others? Hear this from Beth. Hi, this is Beth Shriver from Bucks County, PA. I have a question for you. If you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing more than others? Have a good day. Yeah. Again, a beautiful question makes you think. Right? And, and I, think, I think Jesus there is deliberately using the word brothers and sisters. Like he's saying, if all you do is you just greet your immediate family, you know what I mean, expanded view of family, what's that all about? The third question, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to their life? That's a beautiful one, that whole idea of fear not. Why do you worry? Fourth question, about what you will wear. And again, don't see this as like Jesus being punishing. See, this is Jesus with a smile. Like, why are you so worried about what you're going to wear? Like, you're going to, God's going to take care of it. You're going to be fine. And the last question, this is one I did for our family service this morning. I love this question. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your sibling's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? Beautiful line. Again, trying to get us to see a, a practice that's underneath that, folks. And even with that last one, right? Like that practice. Let's just play with that just for a second. It's interesting because Jesus says, yeah, what do we notice in our siblings? We notice those tiny little faults. How many of us could list the primary faults of our siblings right now? <laughs> we could do it very easily. We could pick out 
that little tiny speck of sawdust, that little tiny annoying thing that they constantly do. Because we know them so well, we know that thing. We're certain about it, and we're clear about it. And here's Jesus going, you know, actually, you need to pull away what's blinding you, which is your own plank, your own board in your own eye. And that's, again, Jesus being funny. We need to pull it away so we can truly see. We truly see always with wonder. So, so think about those practices, folks. And, and I, I want to give a little like aside here, and then we're going to have some music and come back and talk about what those practices might look like. And I want to I just do a little aside, and the little aside is this. You know, here at New Church Life, we really try to build things in circles. It's not done perfectly. Matter of fact, nine times out of ten, it's done highly imperfectly. But we really try to do that. Because we really are committed to the idea that we all share a great deal of wisdom and insight in the world. Spirituality is not about a, a, you know, coming to hear or see or be part of someone who's an expert. It's we're all experts, and we're really here to share that expertise. So, as we often do here at New Church Live, and if you're looking at this way in the future, just check our homepage to see what we might have going. I would offer this, folks. You know, this Tuesday night, we're doing a, a gathering, to, or excuse me, this Wednesday night for our addiction service. Every year we do a service on family and addiction. And we're going to be having a Zoom meeting on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. just to talk about, yeah, how, does, how did addiction show up for you and your family? And then we're going to build a service around that. Again, it's trying to put into practice some of this always with wonder stuff. If that interests you, you can shoot me a text at 215-740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. And as we go through all this, folks, as we look again, you know, at this always with wonder, a mantra, as we look as well at this community, the three, the 12, and the 120 that will help us to, to hold all that, to hold that curious place, let's also think to this. Let's think to the wonder of life. That's what it's all about, a wonderful life. tropical forest like a cop on the beat when all is in order you get lost in the heat I feel so wonderful 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 the way I feel I feel so wonderful, wonderful, ooh, wonderful the way I feel. 
doesn't matter to me I can take it or leave it I can learn from way back when and still live right now with the sun on my shoulder and the wind in my back I will never grow older at least not in my mind I feel so wonderful Wonderful, wonderful the way I feel. I feel so wonderful, wonderful, ooh, wonderful the way I Thank you very much. Hey everyone, it's Angela. I just want to invite you all to make a donation to support New Church Live. Your donation supports all of the programs that happen here, like our upcoming fall book club. We're going to be reading the book 1000 Gifts and talking about gratitude. As a part of participating, you get a free copy of the book mailed to you. So we hope that you'll participate in this program. It's going to be on Wednesday or Thursday evenings, and it's just a great opportunity to read a book and connect with one another. Again, your financial support supports programs like this. Without your donations, none of it's possible. So we hope you'll make a donation. You can visit our website, you can sign up for the book club on our website, or you can make a donation there. Or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977. I hope you have a great day and I hope you get involved. Thank you, Angela. So folks, yeah, that getting involved, that 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 practice, right? And, and you look at you look at this, this this stuff, this stuff should be so inspiring to all of us. You know, the idea that, that life can be new. You know, we can find different ways. You know, a, a little, uh, you know, a, a little, a little hello to got some something back from someone uh, from the Smetanics out in Western Pennsylvania. Bo says hi, church. You know, their little boy. Like, like that idea that that this this involvement in church should always have this feeling of of inspiration. Should always have this feeling of wondering what new really looks like. 
And how can we really move out there into something new? How can we have a, a reimagined future? One that is based on, on this idea of always with wonder. Because you look at those questions, and, and when you look at those five questions, they're interesting questions, because to me it starts thinking, yeah, what's the practice underneath each of those? What's the practice for you underneath each one of those questions? Because I, I, think, I think what Jesus is asking us here with each question is he's saying, look, what, what newness can grow? And it's really an open-ended question. He's asking, what newness can grow for you, can open up for you? I mean, I look at those questions, and there's just five of them, but I see three themes so clear. Three themes absolutely clear. Where can you love more? Where can you love more? How can you bump that circle out just one more notch? So where can you love more? A second theme I think so true there. Where can you fear less? Not be fearless. Good luck with that. But, but literally, where can you fear less? Where is fear showing up? And how can you somehow say, yeah, I, I want to find a practice. I want to find a way, always with wonder, where I'm feeling, fearing a little less. And I'm open a little more. And then this third theme there. Where can I stop judging? Stop making so many judgments out there of other people. That they need to somehow have all the same opinions that I do. Which would be terrific, just saying. But that's not the way the world works. See, folks, when we, when we can do that, I think life shifts in some really beautiful ways. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I think one of the most significant parts of the New Testament, one could argue the most significant part of the New Testament is, is where Jesus lists what is called the Beatitudes. And it's sort of the job description for us as Christians. Saying this is, this is not necessary. It doesn't go into a lot of these are the five things you must do. It goes into these are, this is the spirit with which you must approach all things. And I want to talk about this. This beautiful word, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. It's interesting that phrase, that phrase is peacemaker, not peacekeeper. And just, just allow that to settle in for a minute. When I think of peacekeepers, I think of, yep, nothing to see here. We're going to make this is all going to be fine. Darn it. We're just going to make it all okay. That's different than what... Jesus is asking of us. It's much more open-ended, this idea of being peacemakers, that, that it's, about, it's about creating this shalom, creating this well-being in the world. Again, peace, the word in, in the Jewish tradition for that is shalom. The real understanding of shalom is not the absence of, of conflict, but that idea of well-being. You know, that we are to be people who are constantly going out in pursuit in new ways of this well-being well-being for us, well-being for our relationships, well-being for our families, well-being for our communities, well-being for our nation, well-being for the world, well-being. And as we do that, friends, and we really work at being peacemakers in that sense, it should lead maybe to this. And this, again, is something I shared with the, with the college crowd, the college congregation on Friday. 
we should consistently think about this beautiful line, you know, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to that higher perspective. Now, here's the amazing part of that higher perspective. I know one of the things many people discover as they grow older isn't always, though it could be at times, is, and I don't want to play too much with semantics here, but I want to play with an idea. It's, it's as we go up, as we, as we move up, we take this step to this step to this step. Every year we should be looking to just get a little bit higher perspective. And it's interesting because I, I imagine for a lot of us that, that that idea is that, look, I'm going to keep on getting higher and higher and higher perspective. And we'll reach a point where I'll finally have clarity. I don't think that's true. Or at least we'll play around with it for a minute that it's not true. I think maybe as we keep on trying to take one step higher, one step higher, Lord, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. As we do that work, and that work is both what we learn and it's also our life, so we learn from our life and we learn from all kinds of other things. We learn from Revelation, we bring the two together. We keep on taking that step up. It's not that, oh, great, I made it, I finally have complete clarity. No, I think maybe this. Maybe when we reach towards the top in this life, maybe we reach a point where we have true humility. True humility. Not necessarily true clarity. I think that idea of humility, that idea of, of how folks, like really, like how do we reimagine the world? How do we really do that? With wonder. Always with wonder. Looking for what is wonderful. Trying to get that higher step. And I feel like we'll get there, maybe not necessarily from a sense of, of clarity about, well, there's these 10 steps, but this sense of humility that we're all in it together and that somehow we're going to work together to discover these things together. I think that's the essence of true community. That's the essence of what churches can do. Synagogues, mosques, all those groups. So folks, closing word here as we wrap up this series on new. Think again about the mantra, always with wonder. Think again about how can you create a community between 3, 12, and 120 that can support that. And that what are your individual practices that are continually going to breathe life into that? A place where the search might not be to find more clarity. The search might be to find more humility. But it doesn't mean where we get humiliated. It's just humility. We get this wonderful sense of moving out into the world, armed, ready for this, both with what we know and armed as well with what we don't know. That's a good world, friends. That's a world, I think, that could be wonderful. Amen. What I'm going to do now is offer a prayer. We're going to offer a prayer, then we're going to say the Lord's Prayer, offer a little blessing, and then we'll have our final song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. And Lord, help us to live life always with wonder. A simple mantra. 
And Lord, help us today, just once today, in a situation where we may be uncertain or afraid or prone to judgment, to just ask that question, to just open our hearts to always with wonder. And in so doing, allow that question, allow that mantra to open us to you, to your ways, to your grace. Be with us, Lord, in the week ahead. Be with us in the blessings, and there are many. Be with us in the breakings, and there are many. And be with us as we join in all of those things in the blessed thing we call community. Hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. Morning, Mr. Radio. Morning, little Chimvios. Morning, Sister Maria. Did I tell you everything is fine? In my mind. Morning, Mr. Shushan Man. Shine them bright in white and tan. My baby said she loves me and. Need I tell you that everything here is just fine mm, in my mind? Excuse me if I say my heart has found its wings, searching high and low, and now at last I know. I was shaking, but now I am making it fine Here in my mind My heart will soar With love that's rare and real My smiling face will fill been higher still Beyond the blue until I know I can Like any man Reach out my hand And touch the face of God 
Excuse me if I say my heart has found its wings Searching high and low And now at last I know Morning Mr. Radio Morning Little Chibios Morning Sister Oreo Have a great week. Stay in that wonder.